Hey there. Welcome back. Hello. How are you? I'm sleepy. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, um, so we're coming at you. This is Behind the Pixel. This is the podcast where we try to bridge the knowledge gap between those who buy creative content and those who make it. My name is Will. My name is Catherine. Today, we're talking about AI, the bad words, yeah. um, bad letters. Maybe that's why I'm sleepy. <laughs> that's why you're sad. You're sad to be talking yeah. about AI. You know, yeah, it just, it, it can bring you down. <laughs> it can bring you down. It's a, well, but it's an important part of, I think, society and life at this point that's touching everyone in a different way. That mm-hmm. sounds wrong. Um, <laughs> I get what you mean, touching every, <laughs> It's touching our lives in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So let's see. So it has come to our attention that I think, and a lot of folks I think have, have are starting to do this more. They are creating concept frames or images using AI tools, right? Generative AI. Mm -hmm. And in this episode, we're not going to try to tackle all of the things that have to do with generative AI or how to do it. We're not talking about that. We're just talking about a very specific problem that I think is going to increase, get worse as time goes on. It might get better depending on how fast the tools develop. But I think it's something that we should all be aware of and and thinking through as we start using these tools more. Yeah. Well, I think it's taking a deeper of a look into how we operate, like without us knowing what this is and what it does and how it's used, we can't make as a company the most informed decision about where we go from there. So yeah, I think it's I think it's helpful to kind of give a a thirty thousand foot view of what is happening right now and where we might have questions with it. Yeah. So the specific, uh, and I'm going to try to break this down as as succinctly as I can, (laughs) using generative AI for concepting is great. I think that's totally fine. I, I have really, honestly, I personally don't have any problem with that. I think the problem comes in when you start to use generative AI to sell a particular service or or what you're going to do, an idea, without doing the reverse math. And so before we get there, let's start to define generative AI just for folks who maybe have never heard of it, or if you have heard of it, maybe you don't understand how it works. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to try to my best to really simplify this. It's not going to be a perfect description, but I think it'll be a good enough description for this particular episode. Sure. So generative AI is very fancy computer algorithms that use something called GLMs, G-L-L-Ms or GLMs, generative large (laughs) language models. And those models are basically like being fed a bunch of data, right? A bunch of data points. And it's looking for patterns within those data points and, and making assumptions about some things and not assumptions about other things and testing. And it's doing all of it consistently to generate something new. And it's specifically looking at language. Um, If you want to hear more about this and kind of where AI's problems lie, you can listen to a talk called The AI Dilemma. This is by Tristan Harris and Aza Raskin. I think I'm saying that right. They're the co-founders of the Center for Humane Technology. We'll link that talk in the description of this episode. They give a really, really detailed and depth rundown of how Gen AI works and what the problems of that may be in the future. But I want to, that's uh, a little too deep for this episode. Yeah. Just to clarify, is it also talking about it from 
outside and inside the the context of art? No. Right? Okay. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just talking about AI as a whole and what it might, the implications it might have on society. Gotcha. Which has nothing to do with art. <laughs> Great. Okay. Um, just wanted to make super, sure that was yeah, clear. It's yeah. It's a super interesting talk. I've, I've listened to it maybe twice now mm-hmm. and it's, it's refreshing to know that people are thinking about it that way. Mm-hmm. So what we're thinking about here in this episode specifically is tools like Dolly or Dolly, Midjourney is another one. Dream Studio, which uses Stable Diffusion, mm-hmm. and Firefly is Adobe's version. So all of those are generative AI tools. You can look them up. The combination of both your input and the data set is required to generate something new. So that's very important. You have to input something in order for it to give you something back. Right. And what you input could be very different between what I get and what you get if I type it in a slightly different way, or if I make specific comments, you know, like Mm -hmm. the, the prompt as we've all maybe heard about is very, very, very important in getting what you need from the AI tool. So it could do many things today. We're focusing on just images and specifically we're trying to point the finger at those images that are in that slide deck that you, you as a marketer might be looking at, or you as a studio owner or a, a creative might be pitching. And so specifically those images that are in projects that are going to move, that are going to be animated in the future. I think that's a very distinct thing. You know, marketers are using generative AI for a bunch of different things. Text, of course, chat GPT, but also images from the tools I just mentioned and creating marketing materials just from there which is fine. I mean, (laughs) there's another morally, is it fine? Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) But again, I kind of want to, I want to put those morals aside for a second. And I just want to talk about this particular issue between here's something that we think we can make. It's going to move and what that pitch will be. Yeah. I, I I think I want to acknowledge that I think it's hard to remove the morals in this equation because it's a very divisive topic. It's very heated. So maybe we just take a breath in this. <laughs> We're gonna, <laughs> I, you know, I'm maybe I'm saying this for myself, but just take a moment. It's gonna be mm. okay. We're here to learn, and then, <laughs> and then move on from there. So let's just, let me just yeah. describe the problem again. There's a project. There's an RFP. There's a brief. There's a thing that someone has hired you to do, and they say, "Hey, we need some ideas on how to present this, how to pitch this, how to visualize this." You using your brain. And a computer, you say, I'm going to use generative AI to come up with some images mm-hmm. really quickly. You type in a prompt, something like, okay, 3D character with, I don't know, I'm just describing the person. My prompts aren't ever really that good, <laughs> honestly. But so you just, you define your thing and then you get a really cool image back. The images look fantastic. And then you put that in a, in a slide deck and you pitch it to your whoever, whoever's on the other side. And they say, this looks amazing. That looks great. Let's get started. Fine. You sold the idea, right? It's, that's, that's what we call creative sales. Once that idea is sold, there's an image that they're all looking at. Remember, I think if you've listened to Chris Perry's talk on this podcast before, he talked about the North Star. So getting to that North Star is super simple. I typed in a bunch of words and I got an image back. But of course, it's the most vital piece of what guides your project from here on out. Yeah. So then 
you have to kind of go back and depending on how you handle your sales and how you've generated numbers or how much you're charging, I don't know how you're doing that. It might affect the budget. It might affect the production process. The images that you then have to create to match that particular image that you pitched may require more effort than you realized. Or it might be that you can never actually get to that particular image with the tool set that you have. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Like it, it, sometimes the images that it generates requires really high level of understanding of how those images got put together or like how to decompose them that maybe the budget is off. Maybe your timeline mm-hmm. is off because it requires more things. Maybe it requires more tools and you didn't realize that that's required. So I think this is the disconnect for me. Well, yeah. I mean, I can add another layer of problem to this from a conversation that we had through our sound panel where we talked about the idea that, you know, because the opposite side of this is saying to a client like, oh, well, this is going to be, this is a temporary. This is just to be some kind of concept. It's a rough idea of what could happen. You know, we might take that and put that into an entirely different style, but here's what Mm. the character could look like. Here's what it could be. Depending on your client and what that client is used to seeing or not seeing, sometimes it can be very hard to let go of that first image or that temp track or that, you know, initial piece that you saw. Mm -hmm. Then they question or get disappointed by the end outcome because it wasn't what you had promised essentially at that point. And we're we're big proponents of every time we watch a TV show or anything, we're like, don't promise anything. <laughs> so there right, is right. there is something to that that I think adds a, a little extra layer. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's the biggest issue is that like if you propose something that's in three, I think I see this more in 3D than I do in 2D mm. where the image itself requires some 3D work in order for it's really the problem is control. AI tools are hard to control at the moment. And I, I, I don't think that's always going to be the case, but it definitely is right now. And I, and I think what we are seeing is if I were to extract all the pieces that I need from an image to regenerate it so that I can control that model or that human or that character or that bus or train or whatever in the way that I want, I, it would take so much more effort to do that. Now, there might be a tool out there that takes an image and extracts a bunch of stuff using AI and gives you models and lights. And and, and maybe that is a tool that will exist in the future. I mean, I can see that happening. But at the moment, it doesn't. I don't think there is a tool that does that. I think there's a, there's a couple of different combinations of tools that you can maybe use to try to get there. And again, the control of each of those tools is then kind of up in question. So, yeah, I think I think that's really the problem. And there's really there's only a few solutions from sort of maybe both sides yeah. that we can provide here. And just just to give you a sense of how we're thinking about this. Definitely. So if you're a marketer in the position of a buyer, if you're creating content with someone or even in-house, even using these tools in-house, what you want to do is ask the person who's pitching, did you use AI to create these images? I think that's very important. If if someone's saying that they didn't and you kind of can tell or maybe there's mm-hmm. something in the image that like kind of speaks to AI. Maybe you're seeing five fingers instead of 
10 finger was it 10 fingers <laughs> ai yeah, is really bad at fingers yeah mm-hmm. you might question you know the validity of this pitch like it, you know can you actually produce what you're saying it also might be helpful to for you to also be informed in terms of looking at what ai images typically look like today mm. because then you can kind of get a sense of like they, sometimes they tend to follow a similar style and so you can kind of get an idea of whether or not something was used in ai yeah, they are falling into kind of specific buckets, aren't they? Like stylistically, yeah. I think it was it Jeremy who talked about the idea of like we're training our eyes. There was a specific term he that he had, and I'm sorry I don't remember it at the moment. It might be because I'm sleepy. Critical, critical, critical seeing. Critical seeing. Yes, yeah, exactly. like it's yeah, a yeah, perfect yeah. opportunity <laughs> to like get into that practice of critical seeing for yourselves as well. That way you can ask that question and just be more informed about what kind of artwork is is being presented to you. The other question you might want to ask is, what will it take to recreate this? I think that's an important part. If they can't break down the process by which the workflow that they're going to create the recreate the image by, mm-hmm. I think that's another red flag. Right. You know, well, we're going to model this or we're going to use another AI tool to model this. We're going to use a particular set of things. Like just, it's really hard without an example, but it's important to get a cohesive answer from what will it take to recreate this. The other thing that might help is is kind of another solution here. Know that the moving version will most likely not look the same. I think yeah. that's important. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've heard multiple stories of people saying like, oh, you know, I pitched this thing and, you know, the client was like, why can't we get back to the AI version? Mm-hmm. Why doesn't it mm-hmm. look like that? And it's because it's very hard to get there (laughs) (laughs) with the kind of control that most people want and are looking for. I think that's really the the important piece is the control. So another solution, if you're an artist or creative director or producer, someone who's creating the content, I think it would be wise to do some of the legwork before pitching to determine what the workflow will be before you get to that stuff. So if you're fully confident, here's how I'm going to use generative AI to produce this thing, it be- it becomes really easy to say this is this is how we're going to get there. This is our North Star. This is what we're aiming for. It's not going to look quite like this in the end, but we'll put as, enough of the time into creating things that will give us more control, whether that is using more AI tools, using more, tra- quote, traditional tools, CG tools, or a combination of the two, you know? So I think that's important. Yeah. I mean, I guess I think that this ties all back now, now that you have this information and you have some solutions here, now you can add that layer of moral back on top of it. Like if you're (laughs) against using AI, like I, I mean, I personally am, but that's, you know, a different story for another day. But I think that on top of this, you're dealing with a value alignment with the company that you're working for or with the studio or the freelancer. So just getting those questions, it's it's like when you go through the sales process or you go through a discovery call, like add these questions into your repertoire of, <laughs> of questions. Yeah. I know it's like, oh, we have more questions to ask, but this is a big one because if you find that they're all for it and you're really against it, then maybe they're not the right fit for you. That's where you add this sort of extra layer of of morality. I think we we don't have to get into the like why we differ on these things, but I think mm-hmm. I'm for AI to some extent. 
I, I don't think I'm for AI all the way. <laughs> and what I mean by that is like, okay, I'll generate an AI image and then I'll just post that and use it as marketing material or anything like that. I think there's ways in which we could use AI tools to make our lives simpler, but I don't think that it's moral to pass off the work that comes from that as as your own. I think you have to, there's a level of remix that is required for credit. I, I don't know how else to say that. But if you took mm -hmm. a song and you remixed it, then I can get credit for the remix because I've made some changes to it. I've altered it enough to altered it enough to mm -hmm. um, make it my own, make it what I feel like it it should be. The, and you know, and then there's like what? How how much do I need to alter it? Mm -hmm. And I think in the past it was there were laws around like oh it's only got to be twenty five percent different, fifty percent different, and then it's a new thing. And I think we're start we're going to start to get to a place where those that number is is closer to fifty, sixty, eighty, because it has to be more yours than the computers, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. There's there's I think a lot of unknown still. There's a lot of legal structures that have to be in place. I mean, we're seeing people come out of school being what was it? It was AI ethics. <laughs> like lawyers, mm. which is really interesting to see. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where they're able to make certain changes and put restrictions in place. But yeah, for now, it's kind of this space of you have to make an informed decision for yourself. I don't know if it's as concrete of a right or wrong answer, because to your point, I do think AI outside of a generative context has a lot of benefits in different areas and in different sectors of, and industries. But yeah, at least for this, I think it's important to learn about. It's important to recognize and acknowledge its existence and how you're going to handle it, essentially. Yeah, no, I think that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Again, this is like one of maybe many episodes on AI. Maybe not. I don't know how deeply we want to go not. into this. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important. I think it's important to talk I about. Know. I think it's, I it's think happening you can in our industry. Yeah, yeah. I think you can hear both my like reluctance and sadness around the fact <laughs> of its existence. Um, but I also I acknowledge that it exists. And I know that as an owner, I have to make informed decisions. So here we are. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you in the next episode. Take care. This episode was brought to you by eMedia. Our producer is Jackson Foote. Our music was created by Hidden and licensed through premiumbeat.com. And until next time, stay honest, stay creative, stay open. Open Pixel Studios, we will see you in the next episode. <laughs>